Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. In our Advent Sermon Series, The Language of Christmas, we are unpacking five ways to show love to one another. Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and giving of gifts. Jesus lived a life of perfect love for God's people. The greatest responsibility and opportunity for a Christ follower is to practice loving God and neighbor like He loved us first. It's our prayer that the love of Christ will be the greatest gift in your home this Christmas. Now, tune in as we study what love is and how to show it. Church, Merry Christmas! Wow, don't you love that? It's Merry Christmas. It is Christmas time, and I'm so thankful that we can worship our great God together here at Franklin Online, that we can join together. And some of you have been praying, you know, for a white Christmas, and here we go, right? You know, a really cold Christmas, a tender Tennessee Christmas. We've got it all right now. So it is just perfect. It is wonderful, and we get to celebrate Jesus, the reason for Christmas, the reason why we celebrate. And I love this. I love Christmas. I just love this time of year. I love, you know, that we get together. I love the lights. I love the trees. I just, I love this time. It's anticipation. It's waiting and the expectancy that God's breaking in, that God's doing something big. Now, I remember being a kid and I used to love gifts. I don't know about you guys, but I love the gifts. And so I remember when I was a little kid and I'd be walking by the Christmas tree at home and I'd be looking to see if there was a gift that had my name on it, right? You know, you had to be sly about it. You know, you could just like go like through the gifts. You had to kind of look and see if there was a new gift that appeared and you're kind of going, oh yeah. And then when nobody was home, right? You take the gift and you shake it. You're trying to figure out what it is. Some of you may have like peeled it back and looked and you know, but we wanted to know there was that anticipation. There's something special here. Now as a kid, we always wanted the biggest gift, right? You thought the biggest gift was the best gift, right? If it was big, it was like, oh, this is gonna be a great gift. Then when you get older, you realize, hey, sometimes, you know, the best gifts come in littler packages. I remember 22 years ago when I was with my girlfriend, Lisa, and I pulled out on Christmas Eve this little bitty box. And when she opened that box and I got down on one knee and I said, you know, would you be my wife? And man, I mean, I'm tears in my eyes, you know, and I think about that 22 years and what God's done in our lives in 22 years, and I love my wife. I'm so thankful, I'm so blessed, I'm so glad she said yes, you know, it's like amazing, but how special that is. So what makes a gift special? If it's not the size of the box, right, what, what makes a gift special? I think there's three things. One, whoever gives it. If that person's special to you, you know, if my kids give me anything, I love it, right? A lot of times it's homemade cards, or it's homemade things that they, I don't care, I just like, yes! This is special, and I put it on my desk, I put it somewhere, and I hold on to that. My closet, I've got all these things from my kids. The second thing that makes a gift special is if it's something that you really wanted, right, or something that you needed. 
And if you get that and you open it up, like, yes, you know, it's like, I needed that, right? You know, sometimes you open it, it's like, I'm gonna take that back. But other times, you know, you're like, this is awesome. I love this. You know, my kids do a little dance, right? Whenever they get something, they're so excited about it. The third thing is if it's extravagant. Have you ever gotten one of those gifts and you just went, whoa. <laughs> like you're just like in awe because you're going, how did you have this much money to buy this? Or how did you take this much time to make this? Or you're just like in awe and you're like, oh, I can't believe this. That's what makes a gift special. Now, have you ever thought about why do we even give gifts? Where does that whole gift giving thing even come from? Let's go back to that first Christmas. For God so loved the world, he gave. That's right. For God so loved the world, he gave. God started it all. He loved because he loved so much, he gave. He gave what we needed. We've been in this incredible series here at Rolling Hills called The Language of Christmas. And we've been talking about that, that the language of Christmas is love. That's what it is. That's what we celebrate. We talk about how we give and receive love in five different ways. One is through physical touch. When you give a hug, you know, over the holidays, man, giving a hug or snuggling on the couch, man, you're saying I love you. Two, it's words of affirmation, that you speak words of love, that you tell somebody I love you. You know, those words aren't implied. You, you speak those. Three, it's quality time. Where you spend your time shows what you love. Where you spend your time shows what you love. When you just think about that in the whole realm of how you spend your time, are we investing in the things that we love? Four is acts of service. When we do something for somebody, we're showing them that we love them. So over the holidays, you know, doing those little things, man, we're saying that we love you, we care about you. And number five, the giving of gifts. The giving of gifts. And the reason we give gifts is because the greatest gift of all was given to each one of us. And this is what Christmas is all about. So we went back, right, to that very first Christmas. You know, every two years here at Rolling Hills, we do a biblical study tour and we go to Israel and it's amazing. At some point, man, you gotta go, it's awesome. You just watch the Bible come to life. But I was just there about two months ago and we went to Bethlehem where this first Christmas took place. And we went to that shepherd's field there in Bethlehem and I want you to watch this right now. Watch this. Jesus was born in this place right here, right now. In fact, I just want to tell you a little bit of the account. It says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, right? And so we know the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And God uses this pagan king, you know, to issue this decree and to bring Mary and Joseph, Mary at nine months pregnant, all the way down here to Bethlehem. And so here's Jesus in the line of David, which the Messiah would be, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So you can imagine, I mean, they made this trip 90 miles and having to come all the way down. And it's rocky terrain, as you can see, and, and bumpy. And here's Mary on the back of a donkey. And, and she gets here, right? And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So here we are in Bethlehem, only it's about seven miles up to Jerusalem. A lot of people are here. People are paying taxes to Caesar. And so the city is swelled in Jerusalem and a lot of people are staying here in Bethlehem and they couldn't find a place. And so they ended up, and we think about a wooden stable, but most likely it was a cave. 
right? That's where people would take and their, their livestock, they would put their livestock in the back of the cave because you wanted to take care of your animals, right? You needed the milk, you needed the produce, you know, you needed those animals for you and your survival. And so probably they ended up in a cave. And, and a lot of people believe this is kind of the cave where Mary and Joseph had Jesus and Jesus was placed in a manger, a feeding trough and placed there in that place. And then it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Here we are at Shepherd's Field, keeping watch of their flocks at night. And what's interesting to think about is since Bethlehem is so close to Jerusalem that, that probably these shepherds were looking after the, the sheep that were the ones that were sacrificed at the temple. This was the place where the temple would have those unblemished lambs. And think about Jesus being born, the, the unblemished lamb. What did John the Baptist say when he saw Jesus, right? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so here's Jesus being born in Bethlehem at the house of David, the line of David, the Messiah, then the one who is the one to take away the sins of the world, the Lamb of God. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. And these shepherds who, who were just out doing their job and all of a sudden God breaks in. God breaks in and says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And He is the Messiah, the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And I love that these shepherds didn't wait around, man. They came up here, they go to the cave and they walk in and they see the Messiah. You know, isn't that just like God to break in, right? in the middle of the routine and, and maybe Christmas becomes routine for you. It's something you always do and you've got friends traveling or maybe you're traveling and people coming in and out. But look for God. Look for Him to show up this year. Look for Him to show off and to say, look at my son, the Messiah, the one who has come to take away the sins of the world. God is here. It's Christmas. Christ must. Christ Jesus. Christ literally means Messiah. The Messiah has come and our lives will never be the same. And for these shepherds out in this field, their lives were never the same. And for us, in our day, in our time, may our lives never be the same because the Messiah is here. Jesus is born. And from Bethlehem, He wants us to know the Messiah has come to you. field in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, still impacting us today, that our lives are being changed and transformed because the greatest gift of all was given, the gift of light, the gift of hope that Christ came into this world. It tells us in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, it tells us in verse 8 and 9, it says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. What makes a gift special? One who gives it. And you think about this, the sovereign God of the universe gave a gift to you. The God who created the world, the God who spoke into darkness and said, let there be light, and light came. The God who created everything that's inexistent, and he created you. He created you, and he loves you so much that he gave its gift. And it's exactly what we needed, right? <laughs> we needed a savior. For it's by grace that you've been saved. I mean, you have a holy God and you have sinful man. We are separated from God. And it says 
not by works. And so often we try to get to God by, by doing good works. We think, oh God, I can be good. I can be really good. And maybe God will accept me. Do you know every major world religion besides Christianity is about man trying to get to God? It's about man trying to do enough good things. Maybe if I'm good enough, you know what? God will accept me. God will take me in. But, but people don't know. But Christianity is God coming to us. Emmanuel, God with us. In our hurt, in our pain, in our brokenness, that God came down. And it's extravagant. Wow, what a gift. I mean, if you're a mom or dad here, you're a grandparent here, you know what's most precious to you? Your child. And for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for you. God gave him for you. It keeps going in verse 10 and it says, for we are God's handiwork. That word literally means masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. There's nobody in the world out of 8 billion people, there's nobody in the world exactly like you. That God created you, that you are special. For you are God's handiwork, his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. That God has a plan for you. That God has a purpose for you. And we do good works not to earn God's favor, but because we have God's favor. Then we want to bring love into the world. Then we want to offer gifts to others. Then we want to be generous and kind because of what God has done for us. The gift transforms us, changes us from the inside out, not the outside in. You know, the guy who wrote that in Ephesians was the Apostle Paul. And if you know any of Paul's story, right, Paul was religious. <laughs> I mean, he would go to the temple all the time. He was super religious. He was trying to do good things. But in his life, it was darkness. In his life, there was fear. In his life, there was worry. In his life, there was anger. And he's breathing out murderous threats. And then he's on the road to Damascus one day, and he meets Jesus. <laughs> And he receives the gift that God gave to him. He receives that eternal life. And his life changed. I mean, unbelievable change. And the good that God did through Paul, right? Planting churches, doing missions, starting ministries, and lives that were impacted. God had a plan and a purpose. God had a plan and a purpose for him, and God's got a plan and a purpose for you. And it's by grace that you've been saved. God's stepping in. We didn't earn it, and so we can't lose it. It's his grace working inside of us. You know, I don't know what 2022 has been like for you. Maybe you've had a great year and you just wanna celebrate this Christmas. You wanna go, thank you, God, for all the things you did. Maybe it's been a tough year and you're relying on God for strength and for hope. Queen Elizabeth II went home to be with the Lord, you know, this year in 2022. And every year she would give a message at Christmas. The longest reigning monarch right there, the queen and on Christmas Day, December 25th, one of her last messages in 2020, she said this, light brings hope. Jesus is the light of the world. The teaching of Christ has served as my inner light. Let the light of Christmas guide us in times ahead. Only a few acknowledged Jesus when he was born. Now billions follow him. The message of Jesus is never out of date and is needed as much as ever. Billions of people now follow Jesus' teaching and find in him the guiding light for their lives. And then she said, and I am one of them. Here's this queen who had all these people who could bow down to her, and she said, no, I'm bowing down to the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the one who changed my life. She reigned with character and integrity. She did so much good, because why? Because she was living her life for the Lord God Almighty. Jesus was her inner light. What about you? What about me? What do you live for? What do you live for the things of this world? Do you live for money, success, 
Do you live for the things that you think they'll satisfy? But then ultimately, are you living your life for Christ, Jesus? You know, just a couple of weeks ago, a guy came into my office and knocked on the door and he, he said, hey, Pastor Jeff, I just wanna tell you something. I said, yeah. He said, would you pray with me? And I said, yeah, man, I'd love to pray with you. And he said, you know, it was three years ago, three years ago on Christmas Eve, and I came to church and I sat right here in that auditorium. And he said, I gave my life to Christ. And he said, I can't believe what God's done in my life. He said, before, you know, there was a lot of fear, there was a lot of worry, there was darkness. He said, but look what God's done in my life now. I just dropped my kids off at the Rolling Hills Learning Center. My kids are growing up. There's joy in our family. There's joy in our lives. And he said, I, I just want you to pray with me and for me. I want to say thank you to you and to the church because what, could, what God's done in my life. And, and man, I had a chance to pray with him and just talk to him. And he said, man, God's got a purpose for me. I'm still discovering it, but I'm living for God now. And I just thought, yes, that's what God wants to do. That's what Christmas is all about. You know what the angel said, right? Right there in that shepherd's field, the angel said, I, I come to bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. And look at this, to you, to you. And he is the Messiah, the Lord. Not just to your family, not just to your country, not just to your friends, but to you, personal. Has there ever been a time that you've said yes to Jesus? Maybe in your life there's been a lot of fear. Maybe in your life there's been a lot of worry. Maybe in your life there's been a lot of anxiety. And yet today you say, Jesus, I want you to be my inner light. I want you to be the joy of my heart. Jesus, I want to receive that gift. You know what? There's a gift and your name's on it. There's a gift of Christmas and your name is on it to you from God. The love that God has for you is indescribable. He loves you that much. Has there been a time that you've received that gift? Have you said, God, forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me. I wanna be a follower of you. What about today? No better day than Christmas. No better time than right now. And maybe for you, you are a Christ follower. But maybe your light is not shining as bright. Maybe there's been worry or fear that's kind of crept in. And maybe this Christmas you go, you know what? I wanna live my life for God. I want the rest of my days to be the best of my days. God, I wanna put you first. God, I wanna show your love to others. Maybe today there's somebody in your family or friends that you just go, God, I wanna love them well. I wanna love my kids well, I wanna love my friends well, I wanna love my family well, my roommates well, I wanna love my extended family well. God, use me. Let your light shine through me. I don't know where you are today, but I know this, it's Christmas. And God is here, and he's here for you. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment, just for a moment. Maybe right where you are today, Maybe you just pray, go, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. <laughs> Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me. It is by grace that I've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God. It's not by works, lest nobody should boast. I can't boast about that. It's what you do, God, in my life. It's not what I do, it's what you do. And I receive you, Jesus. I receive your gift today. Maybe for you, you just wanna go, God, I wanna live my life for you. <laughs> maybe I get 96 years on this earth like Queen Elizabeth, or maybe I get 80 years or 75, I don't know, but whatever time I have on this earth, God, let me live it for you. Let there be joy in my life and peace in my life. Let me pass that love on to others. Let me give them the gift of love just like you've given me. Maybe today is the day when you go, God, let that light shine in me. Fill me with that joy 
the joy of Christmas. Come alive in me. So Father God, here we are, your disciples, and we need you. (laughs) Thank you for Christmas. The greatest gift of all was given to us. That Christmas is not just about the world, that Christmas is about me coming alive in you. So fill me with joy, fill me with light, fill me with love, and allow that love to spill out on everybody around me. It's in the beautiful name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. Church, God's here, and he's here for you. The light has come in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. That our God is greater, that our God is stronger. You know what? If you start to look for God, you're going to see him. That God is at work in your life. God's at work in your family. God's at work in your heart. God's at work in your home. You just begin to look around and you'll start to see the light of God. You'll start to see the love of God. You know, even today, right? On Christmas Eve, I'm so excited. I get here early and praying and so excited about all the services today. And and then about 11 o'clock, one of the pipes burst over here in the student center and water's everywhere and everybody's up here, our whole staff, everybody's kicking in and And we didn't even know until about 20 minutes before the first service if we were even going to be able to have Christmas Eve services live. And I'm praying like, God, what is going on? But Father, we know you've got a plan and a purpose. And what was amazing, I I called my wife, Lisa. I said, Lisa, I don't know what's going to happen. Just pray with me. Pray for me. And then my phone started kind of blowing up. (laughs) It was my girls, my daughters. I've got an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old. And um, they just started texting, saying, Dad, I love you. Dad, I'm praying for you. Dad, I'm praying for our church. Dad, God's gonna do great things today. And all these texts just started coming through and I just thought, God's here. And God, you've got a plan that's bigger than we can see. And by God's grace, you know, we kept all the water over there. We just made this special time because this is one of my favorite services of the entire year as we get to worship together. And God's like, I'm here. And maybe your Christmas has been a little crazy, right? Maybe it hasn't been the Pinterest Christmas that you thought it was gonna be, right? Everything was gonna be perfect, but, but you know what? God's with you, God's for you. God loves you with an everlasting love and it makes it all worth it. It makes it all worth it. And maybe today you just go in your heart, God, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Christmas. The light has come in the darkness and the darkness can't overcome it. God wins. I've read to the end of the book, God wins. He wins every time. He's gonna win in your life. He's gonna win in your heart. He's gonna win in your family. Hold on to him and trust him. The fire marshal asked that uh, we didn't use candles because, you know, with the fire department over here earlier and everything, and I just thought, oh no, I love the lights. I love this. We started thinking, hey, wait a minute. I think we all have a light that God gives us, that God is with us, that God is for us. I wanna invite you to take out your phone. I wanna invite you right now to pull it out. Everybody's got one, I know. Pull it out and hit your light because we are gonna celebrate that the light has come in the darkness and the darkness could not overcome it. Our God is greater. Let's worship Him. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? 
check out the Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. And lastly, from the church family to your family, Merry Christmas.